we inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core with Walker Robin. Walker is out for the day, so I get to fill in for him. It's an honor for me to be here. My name is Rick Green. I'm America's Constitution coach. I'm a former Texas legislator, host of Wall Builders Live with David Barton, and I absolutely love teaching on the Constitution across the nation and, even more importantly, getting others to teach on the Constitution. And so I'm thrilled to be with you this afternoon. I want to thank Walker for giving me the chance to fill in. There is so much to cover. I mean, so many things are happening. Uh, in fact, guys, if, if we could just bump whatever the next three programs are, we'll just go four hours this afternoon. Can we do that? I, okay. All right. Now I'll try to get it all in, in one hour, but I also want to hear from you. So uh, let's not make this just a, you know, one hour speech for me. My wife would say, you know, you love to hear yourself talk, but really an hour of talking, come on straight up. We need to hear from some other folks as well. So we want you to call in and be a part of the program as well. So call 888 589 8840. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics we're going to be covering today and any questions you may have. Maybe you've got something off topic from what we're covering with regard to the Constitution or history of the country or application of biblical principles to the community and to the state and to the nation. So we'd love to hear from you. 888-589-8840. You know, first things first, this is, uh, of course, not uh, the big day. Yesterday was the big day, but I didn't, didn't have a program yesterday. So I'm going to take a moment today to thank our veterans. Yesterday was Veterans Day, and we wouldn't be having this program. I wouldn't get to travel the country teaching on the Constitution. I wouldn't be able to raise my kids the way that God told me to raise my kids and the way that my wife and I believe we should raise our kids. We wouldn't get to do any of the things that we enjoy in this free country if it wasn't for those veterans. So just a shout out to every man and woman out there that has served for us that in any of the branches. And, and I, I want to include in that our intelligence branches and, and they go around the world putting your lives on the line for us and and not only not only those who have served but the family of those that serve you know often we we're at events and we'll have the members of the military stand up or we'll shake people's hand when they're in uniform i want to encourage you every time you do that look next to them and thank that spouse because they sacrifice big time for our freedom as well and a lot of times for those young vets you know it's it's not even always the job where they're literally on the front lines you know with the potential of death every day uh, but they may be, you know, stuck in some room somewhere dealing with technology. They might be working on a on a vehicle or a plane, but they are giving the best years of their life to us, meaning their healthiest years, meaning those young years. They're giving that to us. They're, they're, they're literally laying down their lives for their friends, for their family, for their country. And, you know, the Bible tells us no greater love than that you're willing to do that. So I am so thankful for each of you. The Bible also says to render honor unto whom honor is due. And so for all of you out there that have either served or are serving, God bless you. We could not do what we're doing without you. And, and I think there's an awakening, not just in the, in, in the general population of America, when it comes to this concept of freedom and what's the proper role of government and all of these things. I think there's an awakening. I don't think, I know from talking to them, there's an awakening among our military members. They're beginning to realize what they're fighting for. Uh, you know, we do this thing at, at, at our Patriot Academy program, which is my website's patriotacademy.com. 
But we do, you know, we started off doing youth leadership programs. We'd go into state capitals, take over the capital, and the kids would get to serve as legislators, 16 to 25-year-olds. And we started doing a military Patriot Academy, I guess, about, uh, I don't know, four four years ago, five years ago. Uh, we haven't had one for two years because of the ridiculous government response to the COVID. Uh, but but what's so cool about it is on the Military Patriot Academy, and the kids will be over on the other side of the chamber. They're all, you know, packed out in the Texas House and and then over in the Texas Senate, we have all these military vets. And I mean, they're from every branch. They're, some of them are in their late 20s. Some of them are literally in their 70s. And every to a, to a man and woman, every one of them, when it's all over, they come up and say, Rick, I, I get it. Now I understand what I was fighting for. I've seen it from inside the belly of the beast. I understand how a constitutional republic works now. I understand why our system is so special, why we're so blessed. Um, it, it's a, it's a really, really, really special thing. And so, you know, we try to honor them by giving them the chance to really be a part of that process. And I, and I think more than ever, so we've seen a little bit of a wake up just in the ones that we've had at the military Academy, but wow, right now, this whole vaccine mandate thing. And I mean, dishonorably discharging the very people that are willing to die for our freedom, the very people that have given up those young years of their life to serve their country. And this president is dishonorably discharging them for not getting the jab. And, I, and I'm going to tell you, I, I get to talk to these attorneys that are representing these members of the military, uh, pastors that are counseling them. And you're talking about some of the greatest warriors on the planet. I mean, a ton of them are Navy SEALs, uh, helicopter pilots, you know, other special spec ops. I mean, a ton of them are, you know, moms. I mean, literally pregnant women that know they have a great risk with this vaccine. We've seen the numbers, how many, how many women have lost their babies, how many miscarriages, how many fertility issues, all these problems. And so these, these pregnant members of the military are saying, you know, I'm not going to take the jab. I'm not going to take the risk. At least let me wait until I have the, the baby and the military saying no and discharging them. And in many cases, dishonorably discharged, which is like a, I mean, it's almost like a prison sentence because, you know, it's on your record. You can't get jobs. It's, you have to, I mean, it makes it, you can't carry a firearm. I mean, it's, it's a bad, bad deal. And we're doing that not to bad people, not to people that have broken the law. We're doing that to our heroes. We're doing that to the best of the best, the, the cream of the crop, the, the, the people that are willing to lay down their lives for their friends. No greater love. And this is how we return their love. It's shameful. It's wrong. Call your congressman. Call your state legislator. Call your congressman to say, you got to stop Biden from doing this. Call your legislator and say, the states have to stand in the gap here and say, we're not going to let this happen to companies in our in our state. They can't do much about the military issue, but they can do something about the mandates in their individual states. So anyway, I sorry I got off on that. I get a little upset when I think about how our military members are being treated when we should be honoring them. We're kicking them to the curb and telling them they're on their own just because they won't get a jab that, by the way, is not even effective anymore. You know, that's what we keep hearing. Safe and effective, safe and effective. First of all, it's not safe. Secondly, it's not effective. But for a large percentage of people out there, and now it's under 50% effective. They got to do multiple boosters. They've lied to us every step of the way. It's just insanity. And we're going to use this confusing message and this messy situation to, to purge our military and get rid of the best of the best. That's wrong. It's evil. And on the day after Veterans Day, I want us thinking about that. Uh, I hadn't planned on going there. I was just going to thank our vets, but I got got a little, I, I get carried away sometimes. Sorry about that. All right. Um, so I, I do want to cover several topics today, and we're going to go to the phones as quick as we possibly can. Uh, but I want to talk about the Rittenhouse case up in Wisconsin. This is a big, big deal. This this really crystallizes the whole question of self-defense. 
do we still have a Second Amendment in America? And is there such a thing as the first law of nature, uh, the right of self-defense? And then there's a Supreme Court case, this Bruin case out of, out of New York, also dealing with the Second Amendment. I'm not going to talk guns all day, but I think those two are vitally important and need to be dis- need to be to discussed. Um, before I get to those and some of the other stories, though, I, I just want to encourage everybody to become a Constitution coach. Now, I mentioned at the top of the hour, I'm America's Constitution coach. I've been doing this almost 30 years now. And um, we we started our own, our coach program where we actually train other people to be constitution coaches just a couple of years ago. And we are today on the brink. I mean, we are right at the tip of the tipping point to break 10,000 coaches. All right. this is, I'm just happy. I mean, this is a happy Friday for me because I think we're going to break 10,000 by the end of the weekend. We're at 9,900. No, I'm sorry. 9,730 constitution coaches. And so we need just 270 more and we're going to break 10,000. So I'm going to be asking everybody throughout the day to sign up as a constitution coach. When you sign up as a coach, it's totally free. So I'm just asking you to go in and fill out the little form and you'll have access to all of our constitution classes. So you can take biblical citizenship in modern America for free, the constitutional life course, constitutional defense, uh, of your family and freedom, all these all these video courses with David Barton and Kurt Cameron and Rabbi Daniel Lappin and Matt Staver and Congressman Barry Loudermilk and uh, Pastor Rob McCoy and all these people, you get it all for free by signing up as a coach. It is absolutely free to sign up. Go to constitutioncoach.com, constitutioncoach.com, and help me out. I want to have a victory and say we're at 10,000 Constitution Coaches at least by Thanksgiving, right? I'd love to do it this weekend. You know what? We might could do it by the end of this program, as many people as listen to American Family Association. And by the way, thank you to American Family Association. We would never have gotten this far with our coach program or Patriot Academy if it wasn't for the Wildman family and AFA. They have supported us literally for more than a decade. They always talk about what we're doing. They donate to what we're doing. They've helped us reach literally millions of people. And, and so this coach program is in large part due to the support of American Family Association. I want to encourage you to be a part of it, okay? So it's easy to do. Again, totally free to sign up, and we will teach you every step of the way. You don't have to know anything about the Constitution, about history, or any of those things. Your job is to get people in the room, in your living room, or at your church, or your local library, or just have a friend over. It could be you and one other person, and hit play. You just got to do the power play. Power, turn the power on, hit play, play the video. We do the hard work. We do the teaching. And then when that video is over, that's when the magic happens. That's when the conversation begins. You're going to give that person hope. They're going to give you hope. If you have a whole group in your living room, everybody's going to realize I'm not alone. There are other patriots, other people that love the Constitution, that love the Bible, that want to serve God and be good biblical citizens. I'm telling you, it's exciting. I'm not saying that hypothetically. I hear the stories over and over again every day. We have thousands of these classes going on right now all over America. Why not you? How about you be the catalyst for a restoration of biblical values and constitutional principles right there in your community? Constitutioncoach.com to sign up today or biblicalcitizens.com. You can go there as well, but any any of our websites, patriotacademy.com. It's so easy to sign up, totally free. Your students can take the class for free, get a digital workbook for free. We've really designed this so that you know every American can know their history, know their constitution, and certainly for Christians to know the biblical 
perspective on what a citizen should do. What is our responsibility and our duty? And we want you to be a part of that. Okay, it's more time. I didn't mean for this to be an infomercial. I just get excited about stuff. Can you tell? I get excited about other patriots teaching the Constitution all over the nation, diving into that biblical perspective. And, and, and when I hear the testimonials, which is are just amazing, it makes me want more people to do it. So that's why I'm so excited to hit that 10,000 mark. I'll try to make an announcement uh, you know, throughout the program about how many more we've signed up even during the program. So go do it right now. We'll, well, I wish I had a ticker you know, where we could watch the numbers go up. But go right now to constitutioncoach.com and, and sign up or biblicalcitizens.com. It, it's, it's the same, uh, uh, same back end that, that, that you sign up on. All right, we got some great calls coming in. As soon as we uh, get back from the break here in a few minutes, we will, uh, we will take your calls. So Carol in Texas, Matthew in Oklahoma, uh, Rose in Texas, and all the rest, stay with us. Don't, don't, I don't want to lose you. Stay with us. We, we definitely want to have you. Uh, before we go to the break, I just quickly will tease this, uh, the, the, the two topics I want to talk about a little later on the, on the Second Amendment issue. This kid, Kyle Rittenhouse, folks, I'm telling you, I have watched those videos over and over and over again. And, and within literally the next day after it all happened, I came out and said, this kid is a hero. The idea that we're going to make him the criminal when he showed up to give medical care to everyone there, including rioters. I mean, even, even the bad guys. And, and can we please stop ignoring the fact that there's good guys and bad guys? You know, all we do anymore is we take the bad guy and try to explain their behavior instead of saying, you know what, there's good guys and bad guys in this situation. And there ought to be consequences and punishment when you do the bad thing. And there ought to be, you know, reward when you do the good thing. Well, this kid, Rittenhouse, he goes into the fire, baby. I mean, he goes in there to serve people. He goes in there with his medical kit absolutely has his gun with him to help defend himself and defend that property. I mean, these people are burning buildings. They're attacking people. We had already seen murders across the country and, and horrible things happening. And so here this kid is, 17 years old, and he's got the guts to walk into this and offer medical care to even the people that are writing. He's saying, I'm, I'm here to help. Anybody that needs medical help, I will help you. And you watch those videos and you see this kid the day before he's scrubbing graffiti off the wall at a school, I mean, or, or, or downtown in the community, he's a good kid. There's no doubt about it. And then he's attacked. He is physically attacked by a mob saying, we're going to kill you. And he defends himself constitutionally. In fact, he does it tactically well. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit because we do a lot of this training. I've trained 5,000 people on handgun and, and, and constitution training. This kid was tactically perfect. He was, I mean, he did not endanger anybody that wasn't attacking him and putting his life in danger. He only took the shots when he absolutely had to. It was, it was actually absolutely phenomenal. The kid should have been given a key to the city. And yet these evil prosecutors went after him instead of going after the bad guys that are literally burning down the town. Folks, that's a, that's a real problem. So we're going to talk about good guys and bad guys. What does the second amendment and the constitution say about those things? And then we'll also talk about this Supreme Court case that is coming up. Stay with us, folks. It's AFA at the core. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the CDC and the Guttmacher Institute, the number one reason women choose abortion is they're not ready for a child. The number two reason, they can't afford a baby. Number three, they don't want any more children. Number four, they don't want to be a single mother. Number five, not mature enough to raise a child. Number six, a baby would interfere with their education or career. Those reasons represent 
95% of all abortions. Risk to the mother's physical health represent less than 4% of all abortions. And conception resulting from rape and incest represent less than 1% of all abortions. Abortion is used as birth control. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. With the hustle of everyday life, it can be challenging to snag a few quiet moments alone with the Lord. Between school, activities, and everything in between, your daughter may only have true quiet time when she's sleeping. But that's not enough. As you guide your girl through practicing spiritual habits like prayer and scripture reading, remember to teach her the simple yet powerful act of getting quiet in God's presence. In Psalms, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Start by putting a few minutes on the calendar for the two of you to sit silently together. Shout out the noise of the world. Sit, wait, breathe. Christ will fill you with His peace and His love. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Here's a story filled with both tragedy and hope. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and Amelia was raised in South Africa, very tragically witnessed the murder-suicide of her own mother and father. The father, a raging alcoholic, would kill the mother before turning the gun on himself. This sent all the siblings in different directions. Amelia ended up with an aunt who did not love her. In fact, forced her into human trafficking, and she would go on to be assaulted by men who never were prosecuted for the crime. Amelia lived with bitter unforgiveness for many years until a Bible League volunteer volunteer introduced her to Jesus and trained her to share Christ with others. And would you know what? 120 Christians have looked upon Amelia and they say, what? I want Jesus. And I tell you what, they live where Bibles are non-existent. So we're asking you today, would you step into the stories of these 120 Christians and others around the world who need the Bible at only $5? Make your most generous gift by calling 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at sendbiblesnow.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core with Walker Robin. Walker's got the day off, so I'm filling in for him. This is Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. Honored to be with you today. You can join our conversation by calling 888-589-8840. We're talking about a lot of different talk uh, topics. Uh, first of all, thanking our vets yesterday. Veterans Day, and, and I did. Uh, I meant to mention uh, for our veterans out there and how to honor them, you know, because often we have Veterans Day, we have, you know, we have them stand up, we clap for them, we shake their hand, that sort of thing. You know, Lincoln said it best in his Gettysburg Address when he said, It's from these honored dead we take increased devotion to the cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. So, right there at Gettysburg, uh, where all of those lives have been lost for freedom, and uh, he's saying, Here's how you thank them you have an increased devotion to the cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion. So how do we do that? We have an increased devotion to being good citizens, to, to, to protecting the American dream, to protecting the American value system, to, uh, to protecting American exceptionalism. That's how you have an increased devotion. So look at what, what is the formula that produced the most successful, most powerful, most free, most benevolent nation in the history of the world, and how do we restore that secret sauce in America? That's how we best thank our veterans and live the freedom 
that they were willing to die for. Let's jump back into Rittenhouse and then we'll take some calls. Um, so, so as I was saying before the break, this kid's 17 years old. He goes down there to help. Um, his dad lives in Kenosha. He's there all the time. This is he feels like this is his community, even though he lives right across. This is right on the state line uh, between Illinois and, and Wisconsin. And he lives right on the other side of the state line in Illinois with his mom. But back and forth all the time. Some people have painted this image that he, you know, flew into town from across the country to, you know, be a vigilante. Not at all. This was his his hometown. Um, he felt that way for sure. And lots of friends there and businesses and people that he knew. And that's why he was there. The business had actually asked him to, to help come stand guard uh, because so many uh, companies had been burned in the, in the previous nights. Uh, so at any, way, any rate, um, Rittenhouse shows up. He's given medical aid to people. He, he, he's he's taking care of others. And this mob comes after him. I mean, they they literally, uh, you know, are tell, telling him they're going to kill him. Uh, this first guy, you know, is chasing him down. And 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 just so you know, the the, the people that he ends up having to shoot to save his own life, um, th this Rosenbaum guy, I mean, sexually assaulted five young boys between the ages of nine and 11. That's the kind of characters you're dealing with here. The others, you know, arrested for other violent crimes and, uh, you know, different, you know, situations. I don't even want to get into and go into all the details, but let's just say these people were were out there because they wanted to be a, a part of the chaos and wanted to create problems. So they're, they're chasing this kid down, Rittenhouse. And Kyle, only at the last minute, there are shots fired behind him. He thinks maybe they're shooting at him. He turns around, tries to get this guy to back off, points the gun at him. The guy won't back off, keeps coming at him, grabs his gun. I mean, so he waits until the last second to finally use deadly force to protect himself. Then he wants to give medical aid to the guy that he had to shoot, but the mob starts coming after him, so he has to run. Then he's attacked, gets hit in the back of the head with a skateboard uh, twice, gets hit twice. So he's attacked. He's on the ground. They're coming after him. He ends up having to shoot two more guys. And one of them's literally pointing a, a, a pistol at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. He doesn't shoot until the guy points the pistol at Rittenhouse's head. And then he has to defend himself. That is what so that's the very definition of self-defense. That is the concept of the first law of nature, as the founding fathers called it, this innate um, uh, what resistance to sudden violence, John Adams described it as. Uh, at any rate, he does this, frankly, masterfully in terms of making sure that no one else is harmed. When he when, when he is being attacked by uh, some other guys, as soon as he points the weapon at them, they back off so he doesn't fire. I don't know if I would have had that kind of restraint in this situation and then ends up going and, and turning himself in. Well, one of the guys that he shot in the in the in the um, hit him in the arm that survived, he testified at the trial earlier this week and, and said, yeah, he didn't shoot me until I pointed my gun at his head. I mean, the trial should have been, there never should have been a trial. It is a travesty of justice that this kid's life has been turned upside down. I've donated to his defense multiple times because I feel so sorry for he and his mom and this, this whole situation. Um, and I think he's, you know, not only going to win and, and be exonerated. I hope that he has turned into a national hero and, and literally a poster child for self-defense, the proper use of the Second Amendment in that immediate situation. Um, so I'm going to ask you to be praying for he and his family. I mean, his life for all intents and purposes is, is ruined from some perspectives. You know, he's going to be shamed and shunned, um, you know, all over the place in, in the country. He'll be a champion to people like me. I, I, if anybody knows him, please let him know. Full scholarship to Patriot Academy anytime he wants to come. Uh, we would love to have him. And uh, so the last thing, and then we'll go to calls. Uh, at the same time, we have this literally right on trial uh, on national television every day, the, the question of self-defense and, and, and the good guys and the bad guys and who are we going to side with. At the same time, we have a case before the U.S. Supreme Court right now 
that the main question is, do you have the right to keep and bear arms? Not just keep arms in your home, but bear arms where you go. The concept of self-defense is not, as Justice Gorsuch and Justice Thomas said three years ago in the Peruta case dissent, they said, you know, if you think the founders gave you the Second Amendment so you could walk from the kitchen to the bedroom with your firearm, you're missing the point. It's about being able to defend yourself wherever you go because it's a natural right. So if you're in the El Paso Walmart and some guy starts shooting up the Walmart, you ought to have your firearm with you to be able to stop that threat from harming your family or anybody else. If you're in a restaurant or you're at a concert or wherever you are, and a crazy guy shows up, which let's face it, this side of heaven, there is evil in the world. There are wolves out there that will come knocking and you need a sheepdog to be able to put down the wolf and stop the threat. Uh, these churches where they come in with the guns and start shooting up the church here in my home state of Texas in Sutherland Springs, the hero, you know, the bad guy comes in killing people. The hero that saves the day is a sheepdog uh, by the name of Stephen Williford up in White Settlement, Texas, right outside of Dallas. Crazy guy comes in shooting up the church. Uh, good guy without a gun is killed. Guy literally serving communion. Good guy with a gun, but not trained, is killed because he can't get his firearm out in time. And then the trained good guy with a gun, that's what it takes to stop a bad guy with a gun. A trained good guy with a gun, Jack Wilson, from across the room, presents his handgun and takes down the threat and saves countless lives in, in that church. Um, that's life. That's that's what happens. I mean, look at the Bible. Look at the Old Testament. Look at the battles. What did Jesus tell the disciples to sell their coat to go get? A sword, not not a decorative sword that you get after going to a men's retreat on the weekend to hang on the wall. No, this was a sword meant for thrusting. It was a dagger. It was meant for self-defense. And so, you know, that 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 is that we've lost that concept uh, in the church as well as just the, just the country. And I think the Rittenhouse case and the Supreme Court case are going to bring that back to the forefront of the debate. And we should know the truth. We should know the history. We should know the law. We should know where this came from. The castle doctrine didn't begin in the United States. It didn't begin in England. It began in the Old Testament. The idea that, that if somebody attacks your home, you have the right uh, to defend. And uh, so anyway, uh, very interesting cases out there, but keep an eye on out, out uh, for them and know the truth yourself about uh, these different parts of our History. Okay, we've got quite a few folks on the call on the phones. Carol in Texas uh, wants to talk about vaccine mandates. Be glad to chat chat about that. Carol, are you still with us? And what part of Texas are you calling in from? Yes, I'm still here. I'm in Plano. Oh, Plano, Carol. I'm from Wiley, yes. right next door to you. It's where where I grew up. Oh. Oh, in fact, great. there was nothing to do in Wiley when I was a kid, so we went to Plano for the movies, for dinner, for everything else. <laughs> Well, I was born in Tennessee, but I moved here. Uh, I'm retired now. But um, well, welcome to God's country. Yes, I. Oh, thank you, thank you. I got here as fast as I could. Um, right. the, I want to talk about the vaccine, right? You yes, get the jab because you almost have to. Then you get your vaccine paper, right? That says you can go to the movies, you can go to the country music award show. Um, but anyway, I'm just wondering, is this is this a paper that you get saying that you got the jab? Is that the beginning of the mark of the beast? Um, well, I know there's a lot of people that think that. I, I don't know. It certainly feels very wrong um, and evil to me and, and, and absolutely could lead to that kind of thing because, you know, this is something Americans have always been against. We make not make fun of, but we deride other countries where they say, show me your papers. You know, I mean, in movies, we joke about it. Um, and, and the idea that we're having to do that now in America to, to, to you know, to, to travel, to, to go into certain places. I mean, some states, it's literally like the former Soviet Union with regard to having to have your papers to get in anywhere. And and, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Carol, with the technology that's out there, 
people are going to start saying, well, I don't want to have to have a piece of paper. Can't you just, you know, implant something that'll show, uh, have all my medical records and keep it up to date. And, and you just scan that. And, and then you know that I'm, I mean, unfortunately, I think a lot of Americans are going to ask for that. Unfortunately, we have people that want tyranny. They don't know they're asking for tyranny, but they are asking for tyranny. And so, I, you know, I'm not one to dismiss what you're saying because I could see that absolutely being used to go down that road. And that's one reason we're so against this, this, this idea that the government gets to ask you about your health care or demand your papers. That is not freedom. That is not our constitution. That is not what our founding fathers gave us. And we've got to push back on this until they relent. They will not stop this nonsense unless we stand up and say no. Really good question, Carol. Thank you so much for calling in. Okay, we're going to go to North Texas, which is Oklahoma. Matthew in Oklahoma. If you're still with us, man, where are you from in Oklahoma? Yes, sir. Northeast, uh, excuse me, uh, Southeast Oklahoma. Um, and uh, around um, around Salisaw. So, All right. Well, good to have you uh, with us, man. What's your question or comment? Well, thank you. My question is, uh, <clears throat> like the Tenth Amendment, I heard I might have heard it on on your show. I'm not sure on Saturday, but there was a time frame in American history where uh, the U.S. Marshals would go out to serve a warrant, and then they were arrested by the local sheriffs and detained and not allowed to serve the warrant, um, if I remember hearing this correctly. And the reason why they were is because the Tenth Amendment is supposed to limit the federal government's ability and their reach at times. And the reason I'm asking that is because it seems like if the state's had the ability to stop the federal government because you know it's specifically in the constitution there's there's limits as to where they're supposed to be able to have reach but they've eliminated it seems like so many of the limits that were set on them by the constitution and i'm by no stretch uh an expert but i'm still wanting to learn a lot but and uh well matthew you're you are spot on man let me just tell you and and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to become a constitution coach for me i would love for you to be teaching these our our classes in your community you already know more than 99 percent of the people out there and and more than most people to sign up to be a coach um and because what you're talking about is jurisdiction and and the authority of government and our declaration says the only just powers of government come from the consent of the governed so the only authority they have that's just comes from us. And how do we give it to them? We put it on paper as a constitutional republic. We write it down and we say, these are the things you can do and nothing more. And even in the Constitution, as you mentioned, in the Tenth Amendment, it's like a it's almost it's almost like double protection. It's a, it, it reiterates what the founders some founders said, we don't need that in the Constitution. We already know that the only things they can do are the things we're putting right here in the document. And others said, hey, you know what? We'd like that extra protection. So let's put it in there anyway. And it specifically says, if we didn't give this power to you in the Constitution, the feds can't touch it. It's left to the states and the people. So you are right on, Matthew. They are way outside their boundaries. They're doing all kinds of things that are not in the Constitution. There's only 17 enumerated powers in the Constitution. Federal government's not supposed to do anything outside of those 17 things. It's doing thousands of things outside that authority. And law enforcement is one of those things. That, and, and that's where you were, you were headed with this. You know, law enforcement is supposed to be a state and local issue. Police power is given to the state and local entities. The only real federal law enforcement is border patrol. It's, it's, it's protecting the borders. It's having immigration policy. So the FBI, the ATF, all these alphabet soup agencies out there, they're really doing the job of the state law enforcement. And the founders saw a problem with that because it's so hard to hold the federal government accountable. They're so far away from you, you know, from where you are in Oklahoma or I am in Texas. And 
it's just difficult. And so they wanted it to be your local sheriff that was the real law enforcement in your life because that's somebody elected by the people in your community. Some state police issues, absolutely. But the local law enforcement was where they wanted the power to be. And so the examples you're talking about, exactly right. Um, there was a time, and, and I think you're going to see that time again, where sheriffs understood their constitutional power and they stood up against the federal government and said, hey, we're not anti-federal government. We want a federal government because we need the military. We need to be able to protect against foreign nations and all of those things. But we don't want you coming into our neighborhood and trying to enforce uh, our laws. That's our job. And the sheriff would say no uh, to, to, to them when they did that. So I, I love your question, Matthew. You're right on and you're thinking, you're thinking correctly. And that's what people are starting to do. They're starting to go, wait a minute. Can the president just walk out on the balcony and give a speech like a tin pot dictator? And because of his speech, that's now the law of the land. And we're going to enforce a federal vaccine mandate because of a speech by the president. I mean, that's essentially what we did in September when he gave that speech. And these CEOs of airlines literally bowed to him and said, I have to do this because the president said so. There was no law passed by Congress. There was no executive order even signed by the president. Nothing. And everybody just said, oh, the president said it. So we have to do it. That's a scare. That's a dictatorship. That's a scary place to be. And shame, shame on those CEOs who bowed to that and cowered to that and have made people's lives miserable and fired a good employees of theirs that have been there working for 20, 25, 30 years. And they are willing to fire them over this. That's just it's just crazy. And even now that it's become an OSHA regulation, there, there's no constitutional authority for OSHA. There's no constitutional authority for OSHA to do the things it's doing, for sure. There's not even congressional authority. When when you create a, a, a federal agency, it's done by the Congress, and, and they give that agency certain authority, and, and they've done it for so long and made it so big that it's now the fourth branch of government and, <coughs> without accountability. But in this case with OSHA, there's no constitutional authority. It shouldn't even exist. The federal government has no business what's going on at your place of, of employment. That's between you and your employer and maybe state government if you want to let the state get involved in your employment issues. But it, th this is crazy stuff that they're doing. And the good news is Biden overplayed his hand by promulgating this regulation through OSHA. A hundred million people have been affected and it has awakened them to start asking, what is the proper role of government? Start asking exactly what Matthew is raising here. What should government be able to do and not do? Who has the authority? It really comes down to a two-word question on every policy. Everything you look at, everything Congress tries to pass or state legislature or anybody else comes down to two words. Who decides? Does this give power to an individual to make the decision for their body, for their life, or does it give the power to a bureaucrat? Does this give power to the parents to decide? Who decides what your kid's going to learn? You or the government? Who decides whether or not boys can go into your daughter's bathroom, locker room, and shower? You, the local school, or the federal government? This president wants it to be the federal government, and they want to allow boys to go in to those bathrooms and locker rooms and showers. It's evil stuff, and it all comes back to who decides. We let them decide for too long, and now they're taking over and micromanaging our lives. We need more Matthews out there that'll stand up and say, uh-uh, not on my watch. I'm going to host a Constitution class in my home and in my church. And we're going to teach people how to do this the right way and to be good biblical citizens. Get signed up today, constitutioncoach.com. We're going to break that 10,000 number. I appreciate you joining us on that. We're going to take a quick break. We will be back. You are listening to AFA at the Core. I interviewed family counselor, Dr. Kathy Cook, about practical ways that families can overcome too much technology in the home. 
Be a tech-wise family in a tech-driven world. An article by Rebecca Davis. She just gave really great practical ideas about replacing that technology. It becomes easier for your family to actually engage with each other instead of with the screen that's in front of them. To read this article and more, visit afajournal.org. They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be actionable. Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content. AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. From the Pacific Justice Institute, this is The Legal Edge. Defending your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. Here's Brad Vegas. Contra Costa County health officials closed down indefinitely an in-and-out restaurant over its refusal to enforce the vaccine mandates. The mandates required customers who want to dine in to show proof of vaccination or a negative test in the past 72 hours. But the burger chain stated that they refuse to become the vaccination police and note that it is unreasonable and invasive. Well, Pacific Justice Institute continues to provide legal guidance at no charge to businesses and employers who feel pressure to succumb to the enforcement of the COVID-19 mandates. Visit PJI.org. PJI provides legal representation without charge. Get exclusive email updates by registering for The Legal Insider at pji.org. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back here at AFA at the Core with Walker Wildman. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and thrilled to be filling in for Walker today. You can find out more about me at patriotacademy.com. PatriotAcademy.com. It's also where you can get signed up to be a Constitution coach. We're trying to hit 10,000, folks. We're just a couple of hundred away from 10,000 Constitution coaches across the country. And we've got classes in churches with five, six, seven hundred people. I've got churches right now that are having to do overflow rooms for the people coming to take the class. And then we have thousands of classes where it's just you and one other person, two people in the living room or five people or 10 or whatever it might be. And those are just as important. There's a magic that happens there in those conversations after they play the Constitution videos. And believe it or not, this is the only Constitution class known to mankind that you won't sleep through. (laughs) I don't know about you, but high school history and college history and government, I slept through them, right? There's a lot of organizations out there that are putting out Constitution classes. 
they're pretty boring. I got to admit, I, I have trouble not sleeping through them, even being a lawyer and loving this stuff. Um, so we try to make ours fun and exciting. We actually take you into Independence Hall. We teach in the room where the Constitution was framed. We go to David Barton's library, pull all these cool documents off the shelf, original documents of the founding fathers. We take you to other historical sites and lots of great guests. Kirk Cameron walks you through that amazing monument up in Massachusetts, monument to the forefathers. Anyway, lots of good stuff in there. Check it out. Uh, join us today. You can either go to our main website, patriotacademy.com, or if you want a quick uh, links to, to sign up as a coach for free, totally for free, help us break 10,000 by signing up today, constitutioncoach.com, constitutioncoach.com. You can get all the videos for free. You get to watch them. You get to invite your students for free. They get digital workbooks. It's a really cool situation. All right, let's uh, let's jump into our phone calls again. We've been talking about uh, Veterans Day yesterday, thanking our vets, talking about the Rittenhouse trial in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court case on the Second Amendment uh, looks really good, by the way. I think there's a really good chance that even Justice Roberts is going to go the right way on that. He, he asked all the right questions about why would you have to permit a constitutional right? You know, you don't need a permit to speak truth and, and assemble and do all of those things. I mean, why would you need a permit to carry a firearm? Uh, you should get if you get your and even if you do, even if you have to get a permit, a, a concealed carry license in your state, that license should be good through the whole nation, just like your driver's license is. Um, so I think there's a really good chance we're going to get a great decision from the Supreme Court. Perhaps it'll be national reciprocity finally in place. Perhaps it'll be constitutional carry for the entire nation. The 20 states that have done constitutional carry, it's lowered crime, not increased crime. You know, the left always says, oh, if you do constitutional carry, if you just let anybody carry a firearm, it'll be the Wild West. It'll be crazy. Hadn't happened. 20 states have done it. None of that's happened. It's actually lowered crime. Why? Because citizens are able to defend themselves. All right, I'll quit rambling and we will jump to the phones. We've got Kimberly in Indiana. Kimberly in Indiana. Welcome to AFA Hello. at the core. I'm calling in to honor the memory of Corporal Sanchez from Logansport, Indiana. Amen. I saw him with his name yesterday and I can't get it out of my mind. I want to encourage people to go to two websites, STARS, S-T-A-R-R-S dot U-S, standing together against racism and radicalism in the services dot U-S. Um, they want veterans to renew their uh, oath of service, and STARS is opposing the military being woke rather than protecting the U.S. and and the military moving away from merit and um, paying on, only attention to politics. And the second website is FirstLiberty.org. Sign a petition supporting the Naval SEALs, Navy SEALs who are bringing a lawsuit against dishonorable discharge and making them pay for their training if they don't get the vaccination. Hey Amen. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those. My buddy Kelly Shackelford runs First Liberty, does a great job. They're also the ones that just got the stay of the federal vaccine mandate at the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, they're heroes. And, and Mike Berry runs their military uh, division, their division that uh, represents uh, military officers and has that case you're talking about. Um, and so I'm so glad you mentioned that first Liberty does great work. We appreciate them. And, um, I am with you all the way we've got on both of those websites, because this whole thing about the military going woke, they've been so focused on this political correctness and this leftist agenda. That's why Afghanistan was such a debacle. It's why, you know, I mean, they're just creating a mess. And so exactly what you said is what need, needs to happen. They need to get back to being, uh, their original call as the military to protect our nation and not uh, be, be buying into all this political agenda. 
You still with me, Kimberly? S-C-A-R-R-S dot U-S and FirstLiberty.org. There we go. All right. Good, good. Thank you for that. Appreciate you calling those in. Um, I feel like I'm giving Indiana over-representation here because I'm going to take a second call from Indiana. And I, I just don't – I mean, Texas, yes. I mean, 10 calls from Texas probably deserved. But two from Indiana? What's going on here? All right, Indiana, Mikey in Indiana. Are you are you with us, Mikey? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, man, what's your question today or comment? Uh, yeah, I got a question about the FBI. It, it seems like um... – they're very heavily um, biased to uh, Democrats, and they always, you know, either try to protect them or somehow seem unconfident whenever they're trying to promote, you know, something good for what we stand for. Um, is there any way that we can, you know, either dismantle it or, you know, go about uh, changing those? Yes, uh, and, and, and that's actually what I think needs to happen. I think it needs to be dismantled. I think you're 100% right. They've gone so woke and so left. Uh, in fact, I was driving back from Nevada the other day, came through El Paso, big billboard for the FBI, report hate crimes here. Like, that's their focus now, to, to get people reporting hate crimes, which we all know what they call a hate crime is typically not a hate crime. But um, the way that they've been used to, to um, you know, literally – you know, create crime in, in the way that they infiltrate these organizations and then encourage them to commit crime. We don't know yet how involved they were in January 6th. We all want to know who this Epps guy is that was actually the one instigating uh, the, the, the people that, that went over the line and, and uh, went after the officers and broke into the Capitol. Um, but for some reason, the FBI has no interest in him, which means he's an informant. He's one of theirs. There's no question in my mind about that. And yet he was the one instigating so I, you know, Mikey, it's, a, and this is, I got, I'll be honest with you, bro. I, I, I have done a 180 on this 10 months ago. If you'd asked me this question, I'd have said, no, come on, man. The FBI is the good guys. ATF, that's the good guys. And you know, when I was growing up, they were, but unfortunately they're not anymore. They're being used against our citizens in ways that our founding fathers are rolling over in their grave right now. And, and it's just, it's shameful. So I think at this point, there's really no other way than to dismantle them. As I said earlier, un, they're not really constitutional anyway, because these aren't, um, the duties of the federal government, they're the duties of local government. And so I would love to see a president and a Congress that would come in and just wipe them out and say, we're starting all over. We're, we're, this, these police powers should be done at the state level, not at the federal level. We're getting rid of these agencies. Uh, now, where Will that happen? That's a long shot, right? Because that's that's a big, big deal. And unfortunately, they have a lot of power. But really good question, Mikey. Appreciate you calling in on that. Thank you. All right, we're going to go back to Texas. It's like the Texas and Indiana domination of the program today. No, we did get we did have Matthew in Oklahoma. To be fair, we had we had Oklahoma, which is just North Texas. So yeah, Texas and Indiana. By the way, Indiana out there, if you're listening, uh, we are bringing Patriot Academy to you. That's our that's going to be one of our new states this next summer, and looking forward to being at your state capital with a lot of our Constitution coaches and young people as they learn the legislative process and learn how to influence their government in a very positive way. So help us get the 10,000 Constitution coaches. We need a bunch of them in Indiana. Go to constitutioncoach.com. Pablo in Texas. Pablo, how you doing, man? What part of Texas are you calling from? McKinney, Texas. McKinney, Texas. Not man, far, I used to play McKinney. Not far from Wiley or Plano. No, it's not. Yeah. I used to get, well, we win sometimes and lose sometimes, but we played McKinney in baseball, not in high school. Y'all were a lot bigger than us, but in, in summer ball, we go out there and play McKinney. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, man. Sorry about that. So I'm the walking down memory lane here great... when I'm supposed to be getting a question from you. Well, the last call is a great segue to my question, which has to do with the Attorney General um, 
sicking the FBI and the federal government on parents, mm. uh, targeting them as domestic terrorists when they, um, you know, exercise their First Amendment rights, speaking uh, with school boards and what have you. And the the quick tee up for the question is our two senators here in Texas, Ted Cruz just hammered Merrick Garland and it's worth watching. And then here comes John Cornyn, all chill. And Cornyn says, so by the way, these aren't federal crimes, are they? There's no interstate commerce. There's no this or that. Like, how could the Justice Department FBI be targeting parents as domestic terrorists when they're basically not federal crimes? And so my question for you is, how does that work and what kind of um, either recourse or, you know, what can be done with, um, you know, the Justice Department and FBI targeting parents? Well, superb question. And uh, you're right on. I mean, that's part of the reason I'm, I've reached this point of just dismantling uh, the FBI, because the fact that they would allow themselves to be used in this way um, in, a, in a political hack job. Right. I mean, which is what this is. These are these are political people. Merrick Garland. Can you imagine if he had made it onto the Supreme Court like Obama wanted him to? But Merrick Garland, President Biden, they're 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 wanting to attack their political enemies and their political enemies right now are the mama bears at these school board meetings. So parents wanting to direct the upbringing of their children, that is the enemy of these people. And so they're literally turning the FBI onto their enemy, which are just the parents of these of these kids in, in school. It's embarrassing. It's wrong. It's evil. Um, and it's and it's it's why the FBI is just, you know, it's it's at this point, um, I don't think can be can be saved. So hats off to both of those senators for for essentially saying so. And, and what they're really talking about is, you know, back to even even uh, Matthew's question, what's the jurisdiction of the federal government? Are they supposed to be doing these things? And the reason the recourse is difficult, that that part of your question is harder to answer because we, we have we have allowed ourselves to no longer live under the Constitution. We live under what I call the Constitution. In other words, we live under th- this mangled mess of Supreme Court decisions where they have expanded the federal government's power without actually doing a constitutional amendment. And so it's a phrase here and a phrase there from a Supreme Court justice from 50 years ago and another one from 20 years ago. And they put, put all this together and we try to interpret that as the law of the day and, and the jurisdiction of the government. And that's not how a constitutional republic is supposed to work. It's supposed to be on paper in the document, but that's too hard. So in, because they can't get the amendment to expand the federal government, they just expand themselves without permission. It's so it, it's why we're in the mess we're in and, and all of these things they're doing with the FBI and ATF and everything else is outside their actual written constitutional jurisdiction, but it's inside their court-stitution jurisdiction, the made-up jurisdiction that the court, the federal government itself, has created for itself. And, and the only way to change that is, is the states have to do it. And the, and, and the founders knew that. I mean, George Mason stood up on September 15th at the Constitutional Convention, and he said, you know what? We've got a problem here, because if the feds ever do, basically, he described what's happening now. If they ever get outside, if they if they steal power from us, they start doing things we never gave them the power to do, and we only allow them to amend the Constitution, then they'll never fix it. They'll never put themselves back in power. They're never going to give up power willingly. So we have to be able to do it. The states have to be able to do it. And so that's when he inserted Article 5 uh, into the Constitution, where the states can do a, constant, a, a convention of states and do constitutional amendments proposed to, the, uh, to be sent back to all 50 states for approval. And that's how you rein in the federal government. That's how you get rid of this overreaching, micromanaging, vaccine mandating, 
uh, forcing, you know, uh, uh, people to allow boys into girls' bathrooms, all of this evil stuff that they're doing. The only way we're going to stop it at the federal level, it's not by electing a new president or a Congress. I just don't think it'll ever get done that way. It's got to be done at the state level. That's the way the founders designed the system to work. And we've got to work the system if we really do want to save our country. Superb question, Pablo. And uh, I got to say, I'm not a fan of John Cornyn. He hasn't been a good senator. He's undermined a lot of the good stuff behind the scenes for years. He was a pretty decent AG back when I was in the Texas House, but he's just been there too long. But in this case, what he asked is exactly right. These are not federal crimes. Why in the world do we have the FBI going after these people? Very, very good question. Uh, Pablo, I probably don't have time to go to that last question. So any other comments you wanted to add real quick before we sign off today? No, just that um, it's hard to believe that uh, the, the Justice Department FBI would be going after parents um, at yeah. the federal level when there's no federal crime. So I suppose they'll have to make one up uh, yep. or they'll be they'll get pushback from the the individual states like what would Texas and Florida and others be doing to actually, you know, protect parents. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly what we saw after January sixth. Look, the people that actually committed violence and broke things on January sixth, they need to be punished. Now they deserve the same constitutional, you know, due process that everybody else ha gets, and they're not getting that. They're being treated worse than rapists and murderers and everything else. But man, they they have been harassing grandmas and people that did not break anything, and they were just there singing worship songs at at, at the rallies. I mean, it's unbelievable what the FBI has done, and you know that they're creating. The scenario. I, I'll say this about also Ted Cruz, who you mentioned earlier. You know, Cruz mentioned the other day, if if this doesn't, if they don't get back in their box, and if they don't stop trying to micromanage us, if they pack the court, if they make DC a state, if they ruin our elections across the country, at some point, we're probably going to break up as a nation. And everybody went crazy because he said it. But let's be honest, the British didn't do to us what our federal government's doing to us now. They didn't micromanage the education of the colonists' children. They didn't force medical decisions on the colonists. They, they didn't tell healthy people to stay home. They didn't take the radical views of a place like San Francisco and try to force that on every citizen in the 13 colonies like this president is trying to do. I mean, taxation without representation compared to the regulation without representation we're getting from the fourth branch in OSHA right now, affecting 100 million people. Wow, it's waking up the sleeping giant. So we, if we wanna save this country, we've gotta use the constitution to save the Constitution. I encourage you to be a Constitution coach. Get signed up today at constitutioncoach.com. Help us break that 10,000 coaches across the country. I want you sitting down at Thanksgiving with your family, thanking the Lord that there are 9,999 other Constitution coaches out there, plus yourself. All right, help us be a part of the solution. Let's save this Constitutional Republic. I want to thank Walker Wildman for letting me fill in today for AFA at the core. God bless you for listening. Thank you for listening to American Family Radio. Have a fantastic weekend and do your part to save our country. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.